Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day, Darren Mitchell here. Welcome back to another episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. So great to have you on board for yet another episode on the 16th of August, 2022. And if you're a brand new listener, welcome aboard. Hopefully there's something in here that I can uh, entice you to come back and listen to tomorrow's episode, but also check out the back catalog. And of course, if you are a returning listener, greatly appreciate you continuing to plug in to the podcast. And hopefully there's continuing to be value for you as you make your way towards becoming an exceptional sales leader and helping your team develop Exceptional results that over time become not only replicable, they become sustainable and it makes leadership just that little bit easier. So in today's episode, I wanted to talk about uh, the three E's of developing leaders and specifically sales leaders. Now, if you have been listening to the podcast for a while and if you've been following me on LinkedIn uh, or if you know me at all, you know I'm a big fan of John Maxwell. John Maxwell is probably one of the world's most widely recognized leadership experts and he's written over, I think at last count, it's about something like 87 or 86 books on leadership and uh, probably over 30 odd million copies sold. But um, an incredible teacher, a very wise man, a very practical man and uh, a lot of the, I guess, principles he talks about around leadership uh, make common sense. But unfortunately for many of us, it's not necessarily common practice. And one of the things I was out walking, Millie, my border collie this morning on our regular walk and listening to a number of podcasts. And I happened to come across one where John was delivering a lesson on the three years of leaders. And I thought that makes a lot of sense. I wanted to take a bit of that and maybe do a bit of a summation of that, but also add my flavor in relation to sales leadership and particularly how we can help sales leaders exponentially improve their capability, but also create an environment that can fast track the development of their teams and ideally identify leaders to eventually take over uh, the position that you have as a sales leader. Now, one of the key concepts or principles that I really resonate that uh, that John has is, is this one where he talks about adding value to leaders who multiply value to others. And his whole approach is around servant leadership. And a lot of my leadership has been modeled on John Maxwell's work. And when I talk to leaders and when I run workshops, I'll often talk about the power of servant leadership and how we are there to serve our team. Our team are not there to serve us, which means and presupposes that we've got to look for opportunities to create an environment to empower teams and often get out of the way so they can step up and take some ownership. Now, interestingly, uh, one of the things I've noticed over my career is a lot of leaders are afraid of doing that. They're afraid of stepping back to allow others to step up because of how it might make the particular leader look uh, and what sort of results might be generated. And there are a lot of leaders out there, unfortunately, are also control freaks that want to control everything and do everything, which, which kind of hampers the development of the team. The philosophy that John's talking about is, hey, you're there to serve your team, so you need to get out of the way. And one of the key lessons he spoke about in this particular podcast this morning was the three E's of developing great leaders. And I want to translate this into how do we do this to create exceptional leaders? And certainly, how does this relate to us as sales leaders? And so the three E's at a top line level is environment, equipping, and exposure. So let's look at these one at a time. First of all, environment. Environment's probably 
one of the most, if not the most important elements of leadership. When you talk about environment, what are we talking about? Well, we're talking about the vibe of the place. And you hear a lot of great sporting organizations now talk about the culture or the environment that people want to be a part of. And they speak about maintaining a place that uh, it's welcoming, that uh, it's authentic, and that people generally choose to be a part of. Now, if you look at your own experiences, whether it be in your own teams you've worked in, your own organizations, or in fact, when you've gone into other organizations or into other teams and you walk into the environment, there's a certain energy that you feel when you walk into a particular environment. Now, there are some you walk into and you just think, man, this there's a positive vibe here. There's, some, there's an energy here that's really vibrant and really positive. And you think, man, this is a good place to be. And then you walk into other organizations and sometimes other teams within organizations and you think, Hmm, not quite sure about this. There's just something about this particular environment that is not uh, not kosher, if you like. So environment is a really, really important and probably the most important element as a leader. So when you're thinking about environment, what is the environment that you want to create as a leader? So what is the vibe of the place? What is your intention? Your intention as a leader, when you create your team, when you create the space and when you put everything in place, what is the intention? Is your intention to create a space which is empowering, encouraging, or is your intention to be all-conquering and all-controlling so that people feel as if somebody's looking over their shoulder every single day? Not a great environment. So when you're thinking about environment, there's a number of things that go into this. And one of the things that we as leaders, particularly in the sales realm, have to really concentrate on is first and foremost is what are the what are the standards of excellence that we want to put in place first of all what are the standards of excellence that I want to hold myself to but also by creating that what are the examples I'm going to set for my team and what are the standards that I expect my team to demonstrate it's also environmentally in terms of what are the values that we hold dear to us so what do we stand for as an organization and what do we stand for as a team what's important to us and what are we going to let go through to the keeper one of the things that I learned very early on the piece around environment was, and I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, is we've got to create an environment of independence within the team, which enables people to have the ability to think for themselves, create solutions, become better problem solvers, and not rely on the leader to be the font of all knowledge or to be the solver of all problems. And it's one of the things that I learned very early that uh, what you don't do is you do not create uh, trust when you try to solve every person's problems. Uh, even though you think you might be doing the right thing, it is actually an underlying crutch that will actually stifle people's development and therefore stifle, stifle people's performance. So in the environment, think about how I can create an independent environment where people are starting to think for themselves, which means I've got to build a bedrock of trust. Now, we've talked about trust as well in terms of having three core areas of credibility, reliability, and intimacy. Do you really care about your team? Can you build credibility? And are you reliable? Another key element of the environment is what sort of feedback do you provide? Do you have an environment where feedback is expected and feedback is demanded? So when people come into your environment, are they open to, first of all, providing you feedback? Are you open to receiving feedback? But also, are they open to receiving feedback from you, which means it has to be an encouraging, not a discouraging environment. So if you can start with this and think about right now where you sit with your team at this particular moment, what is the environment? If somebody asked you to describe the environment, how would you describe it? And not with surface level descriptions such as, yeah, we're really engaged culture and blah, blah, blah. Think about what are the specific intentions that you've got? What are the benchmarks of excellence that are in place? What are the values that you identified for your team that you hold yourselves to? And also, what are the standards of excellence that you measure yourselves by 
according to those values. So if you do this, then you've got an environment which is going to be a lot more conducive to high performance, exceptional performance, because everybody's going to be on the same page. Everybody knows exactly what they stand for, and everybody knows exactly why they are there. So when somebody comes into that environment, there should not need to be any values on the wall. There shouldn't need to be any verbalizing in terms of what we stand for and what we represent. People should walk into that environment and get a positive vibe in terms of this is a place that I know is uplifting and I feel as if I want to be a part of. So your first element of creating great leaders is what sort of environment are you creating? And remember that one of your key responsibilities is to identify a potential leader or leaders first and then go about creating an environment that enables those to develop. The second E is equipping. And this is all about what sort of training do you put in place? What sort of tools and frameworks and blueprints do you have in place that can equip your team and your potential leaders to exponentially improve their capabilities, their performance, and making progress against key benchmarks. It's it's not necessarily doing training courses because often training courses are a point-in-time exercise and unfortunately many organizations think at the back of that training course, whether it be one day, two days, or in some cases three or four hours, they think, wow, this tra- team has been trained. They've now got all they need to uh, enhance their capabilities to go forth and conquer and therefore all done, right? Very rarely does that ever equate to reality. So when we're equipping our team, when we're equipping leaders, we've got to think about what are the tools they need right now, which means we've got to do some analysis. What are their strength zones? Where are their areas that need to be uh, developed? What are their blind spots? How can I fill those blind spots with targeted training? How can I allocate a buddy to them and mentor? How can I get some external coaching for them? What sort of resources do they need and how can I equip them with those resources that will enable them to move to a higher level of conscious competence? One of the things I see far too often is leaders being thrust into a position of leadership, having been a phenomenal individual contributor, but not being given the roadmap, the templates, the transition plan, the blueprint to make the transition from individual contributor to sales leader a smooth one. It is always going to be bumpy. And unfortunately, many people that actually just set they send these these leaders to the wolves, they say, well, you've been really successful. Now we're going to give you a team of five, six, maybe 10 people, and we want you to teach them how you became so successful so they also can be successful. Just So just tell them what you did, right? And unfortunately, they're left to their own devices, and they're not being equipped at all. It's um, it's almost like they don't know what they don't know because the skill sets required to become an effective and, dare I say, an exceptional leader, completely different to being an exceptional individual contributor. So as a leader who's there to create other leaders, do yourself a favor and do them a favor and pour into them by equipping them with what they need in order to be successful. But recognizing that success is not a point in time, it will be a process. It will be an evolution rather than a revolution. So give the coaching, give the mentoring, allocate somebody who's different to you to a mentor as long as they're aligned with the environment you want to create. Give the training, but also give some opportunities, which goes into the next part being exposure in terms of maybe delegating some tasks and giving people some opportunity to step up. But please give them the resources, give them, help them, help them succeed by setting them up for success, not setting them up for failure. And I see too many sales leaders placed in this position where they just don't have the blueprint and they flounder. And many of them, unfortunately, go back to being an individual contributor and we lose their capability as great sales leaders uh, because they never get to fulfill that potential. So the second part, second E is all about equipping. And the third one is exposure. And this one is all around 
experience. What sort of experience can you create? What sort of opportunities can you create for your potential leaders to step up so that you can expose them to new experiences, see what they're made of, see what their capabilities are, but also identify where their gaps are. Now, I remember back in the days when I was at university and going through an engineering degree, there are a lot of lecturers and a lot of tutors, I think they're called tutors, that uh, would come in and talk a lot about the intricacies of engineering, and they'd do it from a very theoretical point of view. The unfortunate thing is many of these had never had practical experience. They'd pretty much done university, gone to university, and then started to teach at university, hadn't had the experience out in the marketplace. So they hadn't had exposure to the real world. So they were talking from a theoretical point of view. And the same can be said around leadership and sales. You can talk about all you like, the principles, you can read all the books you want, you can listen to all the podcasts you want. But until you have experience and you put some of these principles to the test, where you actually work out what works and what doesn't work, and sometimes this is working out what works for you and what doesn't, that's the value of experience. And as leaders, we've got to give exposure to as many people as we possibly can to that experience. And what does this mean? Well, it means that we've got to create some spaces where we can step back so that our team members who have been identified as possible future leaders can step up, take responsibility, put some initiatives in place, also work out what doesn't work and what does work. So be prepared to make mistakes, but also be prepared to take risks, all the while knowing that you're going to be there to support them and you're not certainly going to expose them so that they're left all alone. And that's not what great leadership is all about. Which means what you need to do as a, as a leader overseeing this is to create that environment where feedback is constant. What's working, what's not working. Helping, giving, giving them that experience, giving them that exposure, helping them develop that higher level of conscious competence. And hopefully the more opportunities they get to do that, the more exposed they are to it they'll eventually develop a level of unconscious competence, which is, uh, which is exactly where we want to get them to. Because at the end of the day, if you look at what successful teams do and sustainably successful teams, they have a constant flow of ready-made leaders. Why is that? Well, it's because the, the leader of the group has actually followed these three E's to a T. They've created the environment that people want to be part of. They've equipped their team and their potential leaders with the resources, the frameworks, and the blueprints, but also giving them exposure, which means giving them the opportunity. Uh, then if you can get to a point where you've got leaders in your team that have developed so far and so well, they're actually performing better than you are performing, then uh, it means your role is no longer required. Now, that could be very difficult for some to hear. It's actually a positive thing because uh, the way that you've created that environment and the leaders that are coming through that is a positive, a massive positive in terms of the environment that you have created. So as we wrap up this particular episode, just wanted to uh, issue you with a challenge. If you're sitting there right now as a leader and you seem to be looking around and there's not many identifiable leaders that are in your team, then uh, time to start cracking the whip. Start to create and look at what is the environment that you've created. Have you created an environment that people want to be a part of? Is there an environment that enables people to create a level of independence have you equipped and are you equipping your team with the blueprints, the frameworks, the tools, the resources, the training, the delegation to enable them to become better at the craft that they are developing? And how are you and have you given them exposure? Have you created the opportunity for them to get experience in running the team, doing certain things so they get exposure at the leadership table? Do all those things and amazing things can happen because you got to remember the core of leadership is to identify potential future leaders, pour into them so that you become redundant. Now, I hope that message makes sense and I hope that message resonates with you. And a key reminder before we wrap up, if you're keen to and committed to taking your leadership to 
an exceptional level and you're investing in yourself and prepared to continue to invest in yourself so that you can invest in your team, love the opportunity of working with you over the next 90 days and help you in your quest to become an exceptional sales leader. Love to have a conversation. To do that, go to leadwithdarren.com, pick a time that suits, we'll jump on Zoom, have a conversation about where you're at, what you're looking to achieve over the next 90 days, what exceptional sales leadership looks like for you. Let's put a plan together and start executing that plan as soon as this week. So very much look forward to that conversation. And as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.